Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour number two here on Sports Sunday. I'm the fan, Rashad Taylor. Across the glass for me, Joe Fisher here. Got to some Blazers basketball, some Beavers basketball, some tourney talk. But Rashad... As I said at the beginning of the show, it is a special Sunday here on The Fan, not just because we're here doing the show when we could have easily punted on it. Again, the golf swing is looking nice. I say that, and then I might get out on a course and then completely forget what I've been doing at the driving range. But anyways. Ha- happens. Everybody forgets a little bit. Man, I've been itching to get on the course. It's, again, I actually took a golf lesson a few weeks ago. I went to the driving range one day, and it was just a travesty it was an abomination it was shanks and then i vowed i was like i'm not coming back here unless i talk to a golf professional and get a lesson and ever since then things have been going pretty well so that's I want, awesome so i, I don't, want, want I don't to, know if i would have been able to, been able to pay for a golf pro to come out there and show me what to to what swallow to the pride and be like you know what i'm nope. not going to be able to do this on my own i'll look at a youtube video and free. I've done it before. I've watched YouTube videos, but having someone there actually looking at you swing a golf ball and take videos and tell you, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I need you to do. This is what take you should videos. do. Yeah, he stands behind, takes <laughs> – that does sound a little weird. Huh. But, no, they take videos, and then they show you in slow-mo, like this is where your hands are. This is where your hands need to be. You know, so it definitely helped, like I said. Believe okay. it or not. And I know this is a 
low bar to set, but I'm I'm thinking this will be the first time I hit under 100 on a golf course this year. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't think I'm ever going to go for under 100. It's not going to happen. It takes away all the fun playing golf. Like, I want to be out there for a while. <laughs> you know, that's what paid all this money. I'm, I'm not trying to sp uh, speed through the course. So besides us uh, being here when we could have been doing other things, you know, we said, you know what? Mike doesn't have to carry the show. We can do it ourselves. Yeah, we don't need Lynch. And also, we've got a huge Sunday for Ducks basketball. We yes, have indeed. both Ducks men's and women's team in action today right here on the fan. Sweet 16 matchups for both the programs back to back. And it all starts at 3 o'clock. You're going to get uh, Ducks pregame coverage. At 4 o'clock, you're going to get the Ducks women's team in the Sweet 16 taking on at number two seed Louisville Cardinals. Big match up there. After that, you're going to get post-game coverage and then pre-game coverage for the men's basketball team who then take on at number six-seeded USC in their Sweet 16 matchup. So big, big day for the Ducks basketball programs right here on The Fan. Man, this is a huge day for, for Ducks basketball. I mean, uh, you could imagine after they just saw Oregon State win the night before that that, that might have been a little more of a, you know, lit a little bit of a fire underneath. At least you hope that that's what's happened, especially if you're a fan of uh, green and yellow. As a Ducks alum, seeing Oregon State win it yesterday against Leo Chicago, that just, the first thing I thought, I was like, all right, Ducks better take care of business tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that was everybody's initial thought. Well, Oregon State won. You're up, U of O. And I think that's where everybody kind of is. So um, I think the eyes of the Northwest are all going to be on. And mind you, with two teams from the Northwest playing today, like they're going to be, man, solely on U of O. Especially if you're from Oregon, man, everybody's looking at this game with U of O today just to make sure that, man, this this really could happen. Like now, none of your things have happened, bro. Like I will say this that in, in the year 2020. Like, I mean, so it's it's not so – so crazy to believe that this seventh seed Oregon couldn't make it to the final four. I will say that, uh, you know, Oregon does have a little bit of a tougher opponent in USC versus Leo's Leola, Chicago. They absolutely do. And the ducks have already beat a number two seed in the tournament. Whereas the Beavers get that opportunity tomorrow. We'll see how that fares for them. So, I mean, ducks a little bit, have a little bit, uh, a little bit more leeway, a little bit more to talk, uh, brag about as far as who's been better in the tournament. They also beat, uh, you know, they beat Iowa. They took care of business against them, put up nearly 100 points. Um, they also do have one less game that they've played. They didn't have to take on VCU in the first round, so, so there is that. And the, the best thing about the tournament, you know, is that the, what you did last game doesn't matter. Right. You have to – there's a totally new team. You have to game plan differently for these guys, but still stay within the, the, your own – team game plan so that's the great thing about this is that you can't you constantly have to continue to change and evolve uh, as a coach this is where you see who the best coaches are is in the tournament because your ability to kind of make those adjustments when you see yourself getting down I think Wayne Tinkle has done a good job of that so far at least from everything I've been reading it seems like he's been doing a good job of putting his team uh in the correct spot like you look at this Oregon State team and are, are they the most talented team in this tournament probably not but they Pro just, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not. not, you know, but they just, <laughs> they are I, mean, not, no. it's, I mean, but it's hard to say that if they're, you know, playing in the elite eight now. So now it's, it's hard to say that they're not one of the most talented teams because man, here you are, you know? So, but if you look at their, if you were to look at their roster and look at their season, you would have said, no, Oregon state can't do this, but they just happen to be playing the right basketball, the best basketball at the right time. And the coach is making all the right moves. I think everything has to kind of come together collectively. So if Dana Altman can really, man, 
get this team to continue playing the same kind of basketball they've been playing for the last uh, five games, I don't see why Oregon couldn't play in the in the Elite Eight no. or even a little further. And th- they have a chip on their shoulder. The last time USC and them played, USC dominated them. They won by double digits and. They've got a good set of uh, brothers on the team, the Mobley brothers. Evan mm-hmm. Mobley, he's going to be a top prospect in the NBA going into the draft this year. And USC, they're, I mean, they're there for a reason. They're a great team. And how about Andy Enfield, the head coach for USC, former Florida Gulf Coast coach? He's finally getting USC back on track there. And, um, again, th- this is going to be a tough matchup for the Ducks. It's not going to be let's just stop – Luca Garza, let's just stop Evan Mobley and let the, everybody else beat beat us because that could happen very much so. Oh yeah, absolutely. USC is much more athletic than Iowa, so they they can they can take it to them. I'm just hoping that the Ducks can do what they did against Iowa and just have that offensive output. They put up nearly a hundred points. It was a dunk contest. It seemed like everybody was hitting shots. Um, they didn't need like any bench scoring at all. I think they only had like six bench points the entire game. And if you can get that in this one, if you can get the bench contributing, then uh, it would it will be very interesting. It will be a great game. USC also has a chip on their shoulder. I forget what player it was, but in their post game the other day said that, um, you know, well, they were the Pac-12 champions, but, but we beat them. You know, so they have more of a reason to feel like they have to earn the respect of, everybody because they went out and they they handled the ducks last time they played them so um it's gonna be a fun game i i'm really looking forward to this game today i think it's the best game on the schedule by far and i think if you're a pac-12 fan this is your big kind of middle finger to everybody as far as college basketball is concerned i mean you're looking at you know sweet 16 and you've got three pac-12 teams uh playing in it with an opportunity or at least two of them are going to be in the elite eight so that's a that's a big deal, you know, for the Pac-12, uh, a conference who's, to be honest, it's been down, you know, as far as basketball for the past uh, few years. So for them to be able to have this kind of showing in the tournament thus far, uh, hats off to the Pac-12 and their coaches and their players right now. Yep, you got UCLA taking on Alabama today. UCLA. So four, excuse me, that's four. Yeah, four in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we're we're literally a quarter of the Sweet 16. That's amazing. Unfortunately, only three at most can make it to the Elite Eight. But imagine if that was the case, too, if UCLA is able to pull out the upset against Alabama today and you have three Pac-12 teams in the Elite Eight, nearly half of the Elite Eight made up from Pac-12 schools. That'd be amazing. This is great. This is great for the now conference. Now tell us the conference sucks. Right. They still will. I mean, still. They, they still will. I mean, if, you're, if your bad teams are the ones that are, you know, really making the deep runs, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think you need one of them to at least go to the Final Four also. Do you want Oregon or USC possibly to make that Final Four? But then again, they got to beat Gonzaga to get there. Right. And then you would need UCLA to beat Alabama and then either Florida State or Michigan. The The odds are definitely uh, – it's tough well, like you said, the Pac-12 I, to make it to the Final it's Four. It's hard to trust anybody in this tournament. Uh-huh. Or in this in, in college basketball this year, man, it's hard to trust, you know, anything that you've seen thus far. So anything can happen, and I'm hoping that anything does. For sure. For sure. All right, moving on. I want to get to this acquisition in the NBA, Rashad, because I know you, you've been following the NBA. Mm-hmm. 
And we've got one former Blazer that signed with a new team after he was bought out by his former team. And people aren't happy. And this also, I think, raises a few questions for the league and the team that he went to. And it's very interesting. And so I want to bring this up. We've got that coming up next. LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. We're going to talk about that next right here. Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Sports Sunday with Joe and Rashad. Mike is there over is. in Jersey celebrating Passover, introducing the new lady friend to the Ma and Pa. Which is always super fun to do. I'm, I hope it's going well for him. I'm sure it is, man. Lynch's parents are like the coolest people if you haven't met them i have not met them they're they're super super chill so i'm sure that's going incredibly well for lynch as far as introducing his new lady i think his mom does not like me because of the whole points fiasco a couple weeks ago oh mama lynch loves you (laughs) she's a she's super sweet like i mean she she's I, i mean i don't know if she's a saint but she she definitely is super super cool well what's not super cool rashad is the Nets getting basically anybody they want to at this point on their team? Hey, man, so much for that whole nobody wants to play with James Harden thing, huh? <laughs> well, LaMarcus Aldridge sure does. He wants to play with James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. As LaMarcus Blake Aldridge. Griffin. I forgot about him. And this is what I was going to say. is So LaMarcus Aldridge, he's going to the Nets. He got bought out by the Spurs. No one was going to trade for him because he had a ridiculous contract. So that was just not going to happen. So... When you're bought out, highest bidder wins, right? Whoever wants to sign you, you can go to whoever you want. He was talking with Lakers, Clippers, the Nets, a couple other teams, and he decides to go to the Brooklyn Nets. So now everybody's losing their minds that this is unfair. Adams, I've saw tweets that Adam Silver should have done something, should have stepped in. I think uh, everybody needs to take a big breath, realize there's only one basketball. He's going to be coming off the bench. And they're, this is a great team four years ago. <laughs> this is an unbelievable team four years ago. But let's be real. Blake Griffin is not, he's, uh, to me, he is still the same player he was in Detroit. He's not going to be some sort of revelation that is just going to put this Nets team over the top. And then again, LaMarcus Aldridge, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective on the offensive end. And he, he was going to be a bench player for them. So he's not going to be demanding it when Kyrie and Harden and Durant are on the court. And so I think that this is, it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, it's so unfair. They have everybody. Everybody's going to go to the Nets. It's going to be a cakewalk for them. Just, let's relax a little bit and realize that there are still a couple good teams in the East that they're going to have to go up against. And then if it comes down to it, who they're going to have to face against in the NBA finals, which more than likely will be the Lakers again. And they have a good chance at landing Andre Drummond. So I think that obviously the initial reaction is, damn, are you kidding me? Nets are loaded. But I think just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> and that LaMarcus Aldridge is he's good. But again, there is only one ball that is on the court. 
for the Brooklyn Nets. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, Rashad, but to me, it's just let's let's relax a little bit. I feel like this is the move LaMarcus probably should have made. He should have went to the Brooklyn. He should have went to the Lakers. As much as I would have loved to see him in a, in a Trailblazer jersey, he wants an opportunity to win a championship now. LaMarcus was drafted in, what, 2006? The Brandon Roy draft? So this is his, what, uh, 14th, 15th year in the NBA? Like, he doesn't have another two years to try to figure it out and make sure that he fits in somewhere. Like, if you're going for gold, you're going to do it now. And the one thing Brooklyn has said is that we're trying to win today. We don't want to wait to build. We don't want to wait three years. You know, we don't want to keep getting young pieces to, to put around us like the Blazers just to have this thing that they just want these young assets. For what? Like, to get us where? To the to the second round? You know, to, to possibly the second round? Like, these teams are going for it now. Like, a, a lot of people like to throw shade at teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets, you know, teams that go all in today trying to win championships. The 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 Buccaneers, the Patriots, when they were winning championships, like you're going all in. Whatever you whatever it takes to succeed, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do that. That championship celebration is nobody's gonna care that, oh man, well they got all no, it's a championship celebration. We're celebrating championship. Nobody cares that how we got there. I guarantee if the Blazers today, my trade trade uh, deadline is over. But if today, if somehow some divine intervention, we end up with Giannis today and the Blazers win a championship come July or whenever the finals is, is anybody in Portland going to say, oh, but we rented that championship. It's not real because we got – no, you're going to celebrate it just the same. We got a championship. That's what you're waiting for. That's what Brooklyn is trying to do. Get a championship now. If we can get all the assets that we can get to make that happen, we're going to do that. This whole – like, we got to get this idea of the super team, like, oh, these guys started super teams or built them. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Super teams have existed forever. There weren't that many great players. Well, there were really good players in the NBA in the 60s. How the hell did uh, did Kareem and Oscar Robinson get on the same team together? Really? Mr. Triple-Double and the greatest basketball player possibly of all time just end up on the same team together? There was no weirdness going on behind the scenes? How does Larry Bird end up as the, the top pick of the draft to Boston? When was Boston week? How did they get that? When was when, I know that the Lakers weren't good coming into the 80s, and then they got Kareem and everything, but they got Magic. Then after that, they got Worthy. They got Byron Scott. They got all these dudes to go around. I'm like, super teams have always existed. But people think because the, the front office built it that that means more. Well, as a player, why can't I go to my guy and say, man, me, Joe, and Mike, we're going to get together, and we're going to go to Utah, and we're going to win a championship there. Why is that bad? I don't know. I'm still I'm trying to understand why we why we like to hate on that. But LaMarcus, he deserves his opportunity to win. He's been good in this league. He's been in for 15, 16 years. And for 10 of them, he's been legit for five of them. He was the, probably the best power forward in the NBA. And so now he gets his opportunity to play around some other really, really talented guys, which, to be honest, he hasn't really done in most of his career. With this, all this being said. If the Brooklyn Nets do not win it this year. Is this, uh, like you said before the show, is this one of the biggest disappointments for a team to not 100%. win a championship since those uh, Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone Lakers? 100%. 100%. Like, if they don't win a championship this year, then this was all for nothing. 
This was this was a so bust. Then what's the ramifications for that team if they don't win it? It's like, all right, well, let's run it back. Or- start start over. But we know guys, we know guys aren't going to be there. That's why this year is important for them because Blake Griffin's not going to be there next year. Right. We know that. LaMarcus isn't going to be there next year. You probably know that. You know, so there's going to be a lot of guys that are on this team. DeAndre Jordan may not be there next year. There's a lot of dudes on this team that you know more than likely will be gone. All those guys have something to prove now. LaMarcus has to prove that he's not this old basketball, old kind of, you know, aging basketball, dynasty, you know, almost kind of prehistoric basketball player that, you know, doesn't shoot threes. Blake Griffin is trying to prove that, man, I'm still athletic. You see him, you see him catch a lob the other night? Blake Griffin? Yeah. I saw him dunk for the first time in 2019. Then he, I, I then he, then he caught a lob oh, in the God. next game. You know, so he's trying to prove that, no, I'm still athletic. I can still play this game, even though it's going to be a little different. KD's trying to prove that, man, I am a leader. I can do this without Steph and them. James Harden's trying to prove that, man, I am a team player. I can do this with – everybody has something to prove on that team. So if they lose, considering what's going on in the, and considering LeBron is hurt, AD may not come back, their best team in the West is is Utah. Like, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm looking at Utah saying, we can beat them. I'm looking at the Suns saying, yeah, we can beat them. I'm looking at every, everybody in the West, with the exception of a healthy Lakers team, saying, yeah, I think we can get them. The Clippers don't have a point guard. Yeah, we can do that. What kills me about you saying that, like, Durant wants, has something to prove as far as he can get it done without Steph and Clay, and it's like, all right, I can I can get it done without Steph or Clay. But with James Harden and Kyrie, James Harden, and Marcus Kyrie. Aldridge, and Blake Griffin, and, and I've, you DeAndre know, Jordan, what it, what, and what it will be is more than I can get it done without them. Is I don't have to go to their team. This is my team that I built, and this is my championship. That's how he's going to feel. Like, and I think that's I think that's fair. You know, like the, no matter how we look at Durant, we look at those Golden State championships as eh, well. You kind of cheated to do that. Yeah, went to the best team. Brooklyn and- was never the best team. At any point, was Brooklyn ever the best team in? in the East. So that kind of makes sense, you know, for, for him to do that. So I, I understand like this, this age of super teams, like you, you've got to, you've, you've got to try to build something to win now. And I understand what they're doing. And like I said, while KD has got two rings and Kyrie's got one, James Harden, who may have, may have been the best player in the NBA for the past four or five years, or one of the top three or four man is starving for a, a ring. What superstar is starving for a ring more than James Harden or that really needs that ring to validate himself. There isn't there isn't one in the league that's not that doesn't already have a ring. Dame Dame's going to be a couldn't be a great player that never wins a ring and everybody accepts that. Man, but he was cold though. You know, Dame was he's going to be Allen Iverson. Like, but did you see him? Did you see what he was able to do? You see they they're going to give him that street cred type thing cuz nobody ever hates on Iverson for not having a ring. That's going to be Damian Lillard. James Harden though, for having all those stats and for having triple doubles and for having 11 couple seasons where you average 11 assists, yeah, he yeah, won't bro. be able to escape it. No, yeah. you have to win a ring. You've absolutely got to win a ring. It's they, different for some people. Because they definitely got relatively close in Houston, and they went for it in a sense, you know, changing the roster, making moves. to. And he was close. If yeah. you don't run into a buzzsaw named Golden State, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, who knows? Right, right. I, I'll tell you this. I can't wait for the playoffs now. Oh, so so much fun. Like I, I Except the first round. Right. The first round is always pretty terrible, and they need to change that to five games. I, I, I go back to – thank you. Thank you, Joe. Somebody's smart. No, back I, the first to five uh, – uh, uh, best of five. Yeah, they, they definitely need to do that, and especially if you look at the East standings this year. Out, outside of the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks, it's embarrassing. I've four, five, six seeds are all like twenty-two and twenty-one. It's, Terrible. Yeah, really bad. But the Knicks are on the up on the upswing. Oh, they're so good this year. 
So I say we kind of uh, look at the NBA landscape a little bit more for this uh, kind of last half hour or so because, again, it's getting really interesting with the trades, with the Lakers needing a little bit more help and them being banged up, the Nets now looking like a super team, the Bucks playing the best basketball out of anybody. I say we just look a little bit more at the NBA to finish up the show. And then who knows when we'll get into the last segment. I mean, text line – like I said, who knows what crops up Help on us there. Out. Yeah, for sure. So we'll do all that. We'll wrap this baby up. But first, got a sports center update. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. We're past the NBA trade deadline. We've got some buyouts happening. Aldridge on a new team. Rumors are that Andre Drummond might sign with the L.A. Lakers. So as we get ready for this second half of the NBA season, I figure we kind of just take a look at the landscape here. I like it. Again, as we mentioned, the East is uh, basically three teams and everybody else. You got the 76ers right now holding down the one seed. Over the Nets and then the Bucks, who are playing literally some of the best basketball in the NBA. They have lost two in a row, but before that, I mean, they have been on a tear. They've won, I believe, 13 of their last 15 games. Oh, yeah, they they went crazy during that stretch. Giannis heard all the, well, I guess he's not that good. And, you guess know, his Bucks the, team isn't very yeah, good the anymore. Bucks aren't really built for that and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've kind of turned it on and, it's crazy how a year, you know, makes people change their minds about certain stuff. So this year, this time last year, Giannis was easily the best player in the league and the MVP and the defensive player of the year, and nobody would ever say anything otherwise, you know. But this year it's like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, the Bucks are struggling, and Giannis is, Giannis is averaging 28 and, and almost 12. Right. You know, almost seven assists. He's having you know another I mean? MVP-like another season. Another MVP season. Like if he won three straight, I think the only player to win three straight is, was it Larry Bird? Uh, I mean, my obvious guess would always just be Michael Jordan, but honestly, I have no idea. Well, I think it was Bird that won three straight. I'm I'm not sure on that. Text line, let us know if we're good. But Chris Middleton has continued to be consistent for this team. You know, every we we like to look at Giannis, and you should, but Middleton has been playing that Pippen role pretty well. You know, just somebody that's going to play some good defense, going to knock down all the shots, is going to be right there. Um, kind of when a lot of things go down, you know, a pretty good rebounder. I like Chris Middleton's game. Uh, Drew Holiday, while he's not the point guard that I think they were looking for, he's just a little bit a better version of Eric Bledsoe, which is a good thing because it's still an upgrade from what you had. So I'm looking at this Milwaukee team. I still don't think they have enough to make it in the to to make a finals run or at least a deep run into the, in the finals because I just I honestly think that. Um, that the Nets are the, the best team in the East, but they're the, the Bucks aren't somebody that, that aren't a team that should be ignored, you know. And Giannis is finally feeling comfortable enough to be able to take that three consistently, or at least not maybe not at a high clip. But when he's open for three, uh, he's not looking to pass out of it anymore. He's actually pulling up. It it looks wonky or whatever the case is, but you know it, he's been hitting some of them, and that's all you want it from Giannis is to be able to have that confidence to pull up and take it because at a point he's going to start making those. But let's be real. The West playoffs are going to be absolutely insane. 
Yeah, it's and it's almost a shame that you have this many good teams in one conference because I mean, again, you look at the East. The number four seed are the Hornets right now. Right. The five seed are the Knicks. You got the Hawks, the Celtics, the Heat. Who the Heat? Hopefully, they improve since uh, the trade deadline getting all depot and they start to play a little bit better and Butler comes back and because that's they've been somewhat disappointing this year. But mm-hmm. and same with the Celtics. But again, I mean. You're going to have, right now, if the playoffs started today, you'd have a first-round matchup between the Clippers and the Blazers. You would have the Lakers taking on the Nuggets. And those are just four great teams right there alone. Um, The Jazz, the Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Blazers. I mean, that is a stacked top six teams right there. Yeah, it absolutely is. Again, you could could make the – it's almost like – when you have the Jazz and the Suns as the top two seeds in the West, it's easy to roll your eyes. You, it's easy to roll your eyes. Out. Yeah, exactly. You look at that and you're like, "Oh, that's cute." Well, it's going to be the Lakers or it's going to be the Clippers. And it, to me, it seems like people are vastly underestimating the Clippers right now. And they just rolled over the 76ers. They've been playing great basketball. Um, I I think that the Clippers, they have as much of a chip on their shoulder to go to the finals and make a run this year than just about anybody in the league as after what happened last year in their playoff series against the nuggets going up three, one, and then literally blowing it three fourth quarters in a row. Essentially. There's a guy that should be paid attention to as far as the work that he's done and really kind of digging himself out of a really a, a hole that he, that he dug. And that's Paul George, man. Paul George took took it all on the chin last year and did it, you know, with, with he's a he seems like he's a good guy. It seems like people like Paul George, you know, overall. Like and from everything I've heard from reporters and everything like that, like Paul George is a likable dude, you know. And I think last year he got he got beaten up for his honesty. Man, we weren't ready this year. We had injuries this year. Like remember that stat that they said that like I think the the um, last year's Clippers team only played together for like 15 games. Like the actual starters from the Clippers only right. got like X amount of games to play together. And then Paul George went to the playoffs and was just historically bad by Paul George's standards for what we expect from him. He was really, really, really bad. But then he turned around and man, he's averaging 20, almost 23 points. He became an all-star again this year. How about this? He was averaging more rebounds and assists than Kawhi this year. Kawhi is clearly averaging more points, but the best all-around player on the team isn't Kawhi. It's, it's Paul PG, George. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? He's he's averaging uh well, not as as much he's averaging as almost as many steals as Kawhi. He's averaging the same amount of blocks as Kawhi. Like across the board, you would look at it and say he's probably doing a little bit more to keep this Clippers team together. They still got issues at point guard, and I think that's the where you look at the Clippers and kind of you know, say, uh, there's there's the issue. That's where their Achilles heel is going to be. Like, it's not Patrick Beverly. He's not the guy. But it's then, not Lemon Pepper Lou. You well, know? it's definitely not him anymore because they traded him. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, so now it's like, who's your guy? And that's that's where I kind of look at them also, and they it's like, they, they obviously they're going to the playoffs, but they say, what do we need to get us over the hump and be able to not have a situation where we had last year where things just kind of fall apart and we blow a 3-1 series lead. And playoff Rondo is a completely different player than yes. regular season Rondo. Yes, playoff Rondo is a cheat code. And to have him on that team 
that is a gone through what they've gone through last year, but also just to add that veteran experience for playoff runs. I think that is invaluable and it goes to show that the Clippers are dead serious about getting to the finals this year and getting the ring and getting it done. They should be. They, they can't have what happened last year. No. If you, if you have a Lakers Clippers finals last year, maybe you're talking a little bit different as far as who's going to the finals. They lost in the, what was it, the second round? Second round of the Nuggets, yeah. yeah. Again, they were three fourth quarters away from closing them out and being able to go to the fi- go to the finals, and they didn't do it each of those last three games. So the Clippers, to me, I just feel like people are vastly underestimating them because of you know whether it's Kawhi sitting and not playing as much, and I I think the team that people aren't looking at enough, and I know we have to break. Um, and again, you look at it and it's cute. Okay, man, that damn Phoenix team. These Suns are really, really, really good. They're playing great defense. Devin Booker is quietly one of the best scorers and one of the best players in the league. But it's not a guy whose name you're going to hear a whole lot when you start talking about, well, who are the best? Even when you start talking about who are the best two guards in the league, very few people bring up Devin Booker's name immediately. And they probably should because I think he's averaging like 27 this year. Chris Paul, who I've called on this show the best leader in the NBA. And I honestly 100% believe that I have. That's no disrespect to LeBron. That's no disrespect to Dame. That's no disrespect to anybody that believes that, you know, fans may believe that they are the best. But Chris Paul wins everywhere he goes. Oh, he doesn't get to a championship. Man, Chris Paul gets on teams that aren't supposed to compete, a la Oklahoma City last year, and, or a la the Phoenix Suns this year, who weren't, weren't in the playoffs last year. And what do you know? They're the second seed. What do you know last year? OKC is the fourth seed. Like, that's leadership. You know, I'm hard to play with. He's hard on guys. Whatever, you win. That's a Jordan's hard on guys. You win. Kobe was hard on guys. Man, you win. That's just what you do when, you, when you're when you tough on on certain uh, teammates and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm looking at this Phoenix team and saying if Chris Paul has ever had an opportunity to, like, he doesn't even have to be the second option on the team, which is huge for him because there's always been an opportunity. He's always had to be the first option or second option. He's not comfortable being first option. He can score. But that's not what he wants to do. Like, he wants to pass first and then score when he's when he's got the opportunity. He's had games where he hasn't even scored a lot and had 11 assists and a win. That's huge. That's leadership. And I think this Phoenix team is is set up for a, a great run, you know, especially if they get a San Antonio in the first round. Like, all it takes is a couple games of, of having some confidence and a couple big wins and your man, strap a rocket to your back and to the moon. I think Phoenix is right there, and I think it's one of those teams everybody's overlooking because historically, <laughs> Phoenix, Utah, <laughs> that's so cute. Right. It's like I said earlier, the West playoffs, the playoffs in general are going to be fun, but the the first round of the West is going to be wild. You're going to – I almost feel sorry for the Blazers. It's like, man, good luck. And, again, we were talking earlier about Terry Stotts and what his future looks like. It's like – you. It, Everyone says if they're out in the first round, well, guess what? Your first round my- matchup might be against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It might be against the Suns. It might. And last time you played the Suns, they absolutely blew you out. It might be against the Jets. Like Blazers' first round matchup is going to be tough. A very tough team, and they're going to go in as the underdog, and they're going to need a lot to go their way in order to get out of the first round alive. But if you're asking me, if you're looking at this this Clippers team, who's got a better roster? The Blazers do. You're looking at this uh, uh, Suns team who's got a better roster? The Blazers do. So, in my head, they should win those games. However, man, on the court, I mean, the games aren't played on paper. 
Right. You know, they're played on the court, and so the Blazers have to go out there and execute because we know the other teams can. And after however many games with Norman Powell and Yusuf Nurkic coming back, we'll see what this new Blazers team looks Again, like, basically. these next 10 games are going to be crucial for this Trail Blazers team. It will be interesting. I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the playoffs to wrap up the Let's show. And, you know, who would you like to see the Blazers face in the first round? And, uh, yeah, we'll wrap everything up here in this last segment right here, Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, last few seconds here on Sports Sunday. And Rashad, going into the break, I wanted to ask you, who would you like to see the Blazers face in the first round? And I'll just fire off mine real quick. Sure. I would like the standings to fall out to where they would either face the Nuggets. Right. Or honestly, the Suns. I wouldn't mind playing the Suns just because of their lack of playoff experience. I know that CP3 is there. Like I said, they are have one of the best teams in the conference right now. But out of all the teams, I don't want to face the Lakers, obviously. If they're fully healthy by playoff time, definitely don't want to face them. I think everybody's underestimating the Clippers, so definitely don't want to face them. And I don't want to face the best defensive team and best team in the West, the Jazz, really, either. So, See, it's, we're kind of the opposite. Because of all those teams, Dame and the Blazers do pretty well. I mean, historically against Phoenix is usually a toss-up. This year, Phoenix defensively is just a juggernaut. Um, the Clippers, you know, they they play the Clippers pretty well historically, and you know, unless Chris Paul's there. Um, the Lakers, if LeBron, if it's just LeBron and company, um, I think an upset can happen. But LeBron's never lost in the first round, so that's kind of out. Um, I don't want to play Utah. Or excuse me, I don't want to play Phoenix. Uh, I mentioned this before on the show. Um, Damian Lillard's record against Chris Paul isn't stellar. He is 8-22 and 22 against one Chris Paul. Of the last 10 games they played each other, Chris Paul has won seven of those. In the last, like, five games they played each other, Chris Paul has pretty much swept him. So... I want to say, no, Chris Paul's won four or five of the last, you know, five games they played. For whatever reason, he just got Damian Lillard's number. Sometimes it's like that. It's not a not a player that's, you know, like equal offensive talent as you or anything like that. But, man, something there's something in the water here in Portland or whenever Chris Paul and Dane play each other that says, man, he's just not going to win. Um, I don't want to play that. I just I think and then on top of that, like I see a lot of foul trouble happening with trying to control Aiton inside, trying to stop that. I see a lot of foul trouble happening trying to stop Devin Booker on the perimeter. Like they have a they can beat you from the the point guard position from the wing and from inside. There's not a lot of teams in the league that can say that right now. That I can beat you from three different phases of the game. Inside, outside, and uh whomever my ball handler is. That that's a skill that I mean, as as I look at this through this, uh, through the conference standings, I don't think there's one team that has a solid point guard, solid uh, or a great point guard, great shooting guard, great big. I don't think there's any team that has all three of those things in the Western Conference, and I think Phoenix is the only one that has le- legitimately all all th- all star all star caliber talent at all three levels, and I think that's going to be a problem if anything for the Blazers. So I would like to face 
Sounds weird, but I, I like your chances better against Utah. That would mean you have to slip down to the AC. Nobody wants to do that. You want to stay right where you are. So, I've, I mean, this uh, this 3-6 uh, matchup, the Clippers, I think that's where I would probably want to be. Kawhi just scares the hell out of me. Kawhi is, Kawhi is very scary. You know, but what you've shown is you can play, you play well against Paul George. That much we know. <laughs> Number yes. two, like, I mean, there's not much you can do about Kawhi except to try to make it difficult for him. Throw different looks at him, put him on the free throw line, like keep him uh, away from open shots. So, like, there's not much you can do with Kawhi. He's so good offensively and defensively to where there's no shutting guys like that down. He's going to figure out a way to score. He's going to figure out a way to do other stuff because he can do so many things. And I think that's where he's special. But as I look at that, this, if I was to look at the roster of the Clippers. There's not a lot of people on that roster there's not. outside of them to that really and, and then you act, then, fear And then you. you think about the addition of, of Norman Powell. And let's go ahead and say, and knock it on wood here, let's go ahead and say that he plays something like he played the other night, even if he's averaging 17 points. For the rest of the season, 16, 17, that's a solid number for a third option. You know, so if you can get uh, stuff from him, if you can get that same production from Mello, uh, if, if Robert Covington and those guys are going to be coming off the bench and now Cantor's coming off the bench, like all of a sudden you've got, that's a tough team to prepare for as a team that, man, never stops coming. It's going to be fun, man. I can't wait for the rest of this season. I can't wait for tonight's game against the Raptors. I can't, like I said, I'm just, I can't wait for the playoffs to get here. It's going to be a fun rest of the season. I'm looking for sure. forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun ride. Go what, Blazers. What is also going to be fun is, again, right here on the fan today, Woo! Ducks doubleheader. Let's go, Ducks. Got the men's and women's team. This all starts at 3 o'clock. You get an hour pregame show. Women's game starts at 4 immediately after that. Let's go, ladies. You can do this. You get the Ducks men's team. It's a packed day for Ducks basketball. Do it for the Pac-12. Do it for the 12. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. Thank you all for tuning in today. For Rashad and myself, it will be all three of us back in here next week. Mike will be back in town. Perhaps and, engaged. Uh, Beaver fans, uh, you know, have fun tomorrow. But Enjoy I'll, it. <laughs> man, they are going to be a nervous wreck all day tomorrow. You I'm should be. And I'm, that's all good. You should be nervous before a big game. Praying for Brandon Spray. Praying for him. We see you, Sprague. Yeah. Praying for, for dirt, too. Go yeah. Ducks. <laughs> for real. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you, everybody, for uh, – thank you, everyone, for joining in on Sports Sunday with Rashad and I. We will catch you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan.